0: Welcome back to the Saved and Savage podcast, season two, where we're trying to inspire dads to step out of average and into savage. Today's guest is Josh Ashby. He's a self-proclaimed rebellious preacher's kid, and we're talking about the the challenges and struggles of being a step-up dad. Not just a step-dad, a step-up dad, what that looks like, as well as what it takes to break some generational curses. This is the Saved and Savage podcast.
1: see that little one has been chasing you around constantly
0: yeah <laughs> she's napping right now which is why i can why i can grab this call otherwise it would.
1: you scheduled it to a tea. yeah yeah
0: I, I she's uh like three and a half and people keep telling me you know she's not gonna nap she's not gonna nap forever and i just keep yeah. condemning that to hell because she I'm convinced I naps are just a part of her, of her life forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's why I love about my daughter is that she just falls asleep whenever I do. So Oh, nice. But, nice. So the more naps I take, the better off she is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so how many do you have?
1: I I have my stepson uh-huh. who is 10 and I have my daughter who just turned
0: six months. Wow, six months. Dang, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm sure everybody's already
0: told you it flies by, but, man, it does, right? I mean, you already kind of understood that because, like, doing the stepdad thing. How long have you you been in his life, or he been in yours?
1: So, um, Becca and I, Becca had him in 2010, I was kind of – I was always like kind of in and out, I guess. Because her and I weren't dating or anything. We just kind of stayed in contact. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I babysat him like a couple of times while he was extreme – like really young, like one or two. Okay. Um, But consistently uh, five years. Wow. Yeah.
0: So – but you understand like it's no news that – He's going to grow up. I mean she's going to grow up super fast, right?
1: Oh man. What the worst part was going to those checkups and the doctor going, oh, yeah, she's the size of a nine-month-old. And I'm like, what are you no! saying? <laughs> no! Oh! No! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been tough. We just totally skipped, like, the whole three-month closing thing. Yeah. We just went straight to six months. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. my my daughter, she had – it's like she was in um, preemie or newborn clothes for the longest time. Just really? like forever. And then skipped three month clothes altogether. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden she's like, Hey, by the way, I'm six months now. I'm like, oh good. Sweet. <laughs> she hits these like growth spurts and just skips like full sizes. <laughs> so we used to try to like buy clothes in advance, you know, and like prep my wife is all about like planning planning everything. Uh-huh. And um but yeah, we just can't so much with my her. wife.
1: My wife is the polar opposite, like, <laughs> and I am too. Yeah, I, but she's she's moving into this stage now where she is trying to become more structured. Uh huh. And but when it comes to clothing, it's it's honestly just been like the favor of God because we just get like she's just got two full pampers boxes of clothing nice like for aria so we we have to go sit down and go through that later and go all right what can we sell and uh what <laughs> yeah. <you> wear? <laughs> yeah.
0: so where did you guys come up with this name aria i really like that
1: um i i i kind of i gave becca a lot of grief with aubrey
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: i'm very very into the definition of the name yeah. what does the name mean um mm-hmm. uh, because every time that you speak it you're calling that you're calling that that out in there yeah. and yeah. so uh the definition of aria is lioness um oh, that's cool and also it's the um the i think it's the climax of like an opera okay or something and so um but yeah lioness um And we've just kind of – we've been speaking that over her even while she was in the womb, uh, that she was just going to be a a worshiping warrior. So, yeah, we've just been very intentional about it.
0: That's cool. We really really like different names. Like my daughter's name is Avelyn, which is – Okay. It's A-V-E-L-Y-N. spelled like Evelyn but with an A at the front. We we heard the name the first time when we were in Ireland, so it's an Irish name. Nice. Um, and it means the one we've longed for, which, I, I mean, that. you know, our, you know, a bit of our story, you know, we tried for close to 10 years to have a kid. And yeah. so we knew yeah. when we heard that name, we were like, man, that's gotta be it. <laughs> you know, stuff, that's man. it. And her middle name is Maris. So by the sea, you know, the one we've longed for by the sea, it's just kind of, um, wow. yeah. So
1: that just tells the whole story. It tells, right there. Yeah. It tells, <laughs> it tells the
0: story in the name. Um, but yeah so we knew we we knew we wanted that name when we first heard it and then um, I mean we she goes by aV a lot uh-huh. you know yeah. people call her aV a lot but that's her name so yeah man thanks for jumping that's on this awesome. show um I know like I know we, t- we kind of briefly talked about what we might talk about but why don't you just yeah. go ahead and tell everybody like who you are what you're about like where you where you're living all that kind of stuff
1: I, my name is Joshua Ashby. I turned 33 on the 13th. I um, married five years. Our anniversary is on the 12th. Um, and uh, let's see, right now we're living in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I am a manager for a, a third-party delivering uh, company for Amazon. And I'm also an independent business owner. Cool. And, um, yeah, that's uh, I'm a PK,
0: yeah, so. <laughs> pastor's kid, yeah, yeah.
1: So how and was that I, for I'm you? Trying to say what?
0: How was that for you, being a like coming up in ministry? I know my experience.
1: Uh, uh, my I made it. I made it tougher than it was supposed to be. <laughs> 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 I I was a com- I was a complete rebel. I I I hated being looked underneath a microscope yep. all the time. Um, you there was I mean there was good and bad with it. I, I think some of the good stuff. We our family had been hurt by church members a lot mm-hmm. growing up. So as I was growing up, I was able to kind of size up people as soon as I met them, mm-hmm. and I could I could easily be, like. Uh, be able to tell, okay, yeah, this, this person's genuine hearted or, yeah. Hey, I don't know about this one. This one's a little shady, but
0: <laughs> yeah, you learn how to read people, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. And it's all, it's all a protection method, yeah. you know? And because nobody wants to get hurt. Right. But I think going into relationships that way, it kind of messes you up until you start to change perspective. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I I think later on in life, you start to realize the benefit of having relationship with people that are in a genuine relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And the benefit that comes from that rather than um, kind of being forced into a community that you don't want to be a part of in the first place. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We yeah.
0: probably had some similar um, experiences, you know. Uh, I, I guess my whole life, I just kind of went with the flow a little easier than you did. <laughs> <laughs> I went against.
1: I went so far against the grain. It was like
0: <laughs> I mean, but then again, my dad kind of goes against the grain as well. Um, in a in the most spiritual in, way. In the, in the most. Yes. In the most spiritual way. Yeah. He's, he's cut from a different cloth. Um, and so I think I learned a different, like a spiritual way to go against the grain a bit and not, I I don't think I ever felt, and, and I talked to some other like pastor's kid who are adults now and like get their, uh, take on it. And, I think some of us just, like you mentioned, feeling like you're under a microscope all the time. And I I felt some of that, but I also felt the, I don't care, you know, like (laughs) you're going to look at me under a microscope (laughs) and you might see some things that you don't approve of, but you know, I'm not, I'm living for Jesus and I'm going to mess up. And I did feel though, like there were (laughs) moments like in youth group or even in like, and a church service where I really wanted to go and get like prayer. I wanted somebody to pray with me. I wanted somebody to walk through some times with me. And I, I did feel that like stutter step of like, can I, can I make that step? Can I go and get prayer for this? Because now everybody in my, in my community is going to know, well, Preston isn't perfect. And I think, I think huh. in hindsight, everybody knew I wasn't perfect anyway. But I yeah, like yeah. I had this, I had to wear this like mask that made everybody think that I was perfect, and I couldn't let yeah. that mask down.
1: I well, well, I think what's funny is that, people, you were afraid to get prayer, uh-huh. and but I had the church praying for me to actually get prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would come to the altar. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think that's uh, that's always been um, kind of that's always been kind of the struggle, though with yeah. with PKs. It's because the expectation has always been held so high yeah. for us. Because if the pastor's house isn't in order, how is he supposed to shepherd the yeah. flock? Yeah, and but a lot of what other people don't understand is man when you can't force jesus right you can never force jesus and that even comes down to your own children you can be the influence you know you mm-hmm. can you can show the benefit of what having strong faith is but forcing it always leads to something detrimental in right. the end right i'm just i'm just happy that i i finally found my way <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, I didn't even really plan to talk about like being a pastor's kid at all in the in this episode, but here we are. Yeah. So, what would you say? What would you say to dads? Because we're really talking about dads. What would you say to like the the pastor who is a dad who has you know he's got some kids? Like, is there any advice on the opposite side on on the opposite opposite side of childhood that you could you would tell them to tell, especially? not being in ministry now is there anything that you would say hey you might want to spell this out for your kid you know i don't because we can't force kids into a relationship with jesus but i think like sometimes sometimes parents take the wrong um the wrong route and we say i, I don't want to like force jesus on them so i'm not going to make them go to church but you know you want your kids to like learn math so you make them go to school if you want yeah. your kids to learn about Jesus, you kind of like, hey, this is this is part of what we do with life. We're going to church. You know, I can't make you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're going to learn yeah. about him because he's important. Is there anything, yes. any kind of advice I you think, give?
1: I think I think you hit on a couple of things just right there. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you're as a father, you're still the leader in your household. There are yeah. still rules that have to be followed by your children, and one of those rules for a lot of Christian fathers is. If I'm going to church, you're going to church, you know, Uh, and kids are not going to like it all the time. uh, But I mean, I found a comfortable pew that I could take a nap on and, you know, (laughs) I still turned out all right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that I have kind of recently just learned myself is how to apologize to my kids.
0: Oh, man. that's Um,
1: It's dude, man. And it's it's honestly it's wrecked me a little bit because you Have to be able. I mean, all of us want to be savage, you know. Yeah. yeah. But there's a way to be savage and also give this godly perspective of how um, how can I word this right? Um, We want to be the example. We want to be Mm Christ-like, you know, and we want to have um, authority, especially in the household. But we mess up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like it's it's human nature, but Fathers mess up when you can recognize how you messed up, being able to take the step forward and letting your pride drop and, and allowing your children to say to hear you say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I messed this situation up, you know, being fully aware of how how you're coming into a relationship with your child. You know, a lot of it is growing pain, and mm-hmm. the biggest thing with me and my dad was we were we were alike in so many different ways. We were both stubborn, we were both hot headed, and you know we both wanted to make sure that our point was heard. Yeah, but we never we we didn't communicate that in a very healthy manner. Yeah, you know, um, and I don't think he grew up different. You know, his dad was a pastor, but his dad was also you know, there was a different kind of pastoral home then. Um, But I think even now as um, like when his health started getting a little bit worse, him and I were actually able to um, have those more intellectual conversations and deep thoughts going into, Hey, this is what I meant to tell you when you were younger. This was the Mm -hmm. purpose of what I was trying to do when you were younger. So get to the point. I think, Savage dads get to the point where you don't have to wait and, and explain things when your kids are in their twenties. Yeah. Go ahead and let them be intentional about it now. You know, hey, I'm this is where I'm coming from. This is what's gonna save you an immense amount of time and hardship.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. And I apologize if this doesn't come off great. Yeah. But You're still under my household, all
0: right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think dads, I think parents in general even just um, struggle with, I'm sorry. I think think people struggle with it because you have to exhibit humility. And you have to. And especially when it comes to like apologizing to your kid because you didn't do something that you should have done or did something that you shouldn't have done. You know, you made a promise and. Didn't make it to the baseball game, you know, like those, even the simplest things that might not seem like a big, big deal. Maybe you took, you know, you decided to, you know, get some um, extra hours, some overtime, and you thought that was what mattered, but you missed your kid's baseball game and you felt like you were doing what's right. But then you find out you, man, it really made a difference for it, that you weren't there and being able to own it up and say, man, listen, I'm really sorry. I thought I was doing what was right, but I did what was wrong. And I think it's really hard for us. We got to like drop the the ego sometimes. Yeah. And I yeah. think some, I think we don't do it and you can, you can add to this. I think we don't apologize because we think like if we're, if our kids know that we're not perfect then somehow they're not going to respect us more or not going to listen to us or obey those kinds of things. What do you think?
1: I I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. I yeah. think we we spend a lot of time making sure that we get things right, mm-hmm. that we put aside what it is that our kids are actually feeling. We, okay. we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I believe, to just as parents in general don't screw up or just don't screw this up yeah, <laughs> but yeah. then when we do it's like all right well, that was a learning lesson for me you know yeah. I'll, I'll i'll be better next time instead of actually going you know to our kids and saying all right hey i messed this one up all right this yeah. was this one's on me all right let's 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 come up with a game plan for both of us that i think that right there getting them involved in how can I make this better for you, you know, so I can avoid this next time. Or if this happens again, you know, like would, is forgiveness going to be an issue for you, you know, to give me, Mm -hmm. I think forgiveness is going to be huge. That's, that's a huge aspect, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even if you wanted to get to the, the biblical aspect of where it talks in the Bible to honor everyone, that should include
0: your children as well. Yeah, yeah I just I just uh, spoke a couple weeks ago. There's a psalm that talks about like how children are arrows in the hands of a warrior, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes we have to as parents we gotta step back and realize, you know what, maybe my kid isn't as productive as I wish they were, or as passionate as I think they ought to be. Because I'm not as big of or as good of a warrior as I think i I probably ought to be or they need me to be, it's not yeah. always the kid's fault, especially when they're younger and they're being molded and shaped like it's yeah. our job to pick up the arrow and put it in on the on the string and launch yeah. them and we get mad at our kids when because they're arrows and they're not launching themselves <laughs> you yeah. know? such yeah. a great illustration but I love um that. Tell me about being a stepdad. Talk to me about that.
1: Well, um, I mean, Joseph was a stepdad, so I guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel it, man. I yeah. feel it. Um,
0: what are some obstacles? With, Talk to me about some obstacles.
1: In my situation, Aubrey was diagnosed with ADHD and ODD at a very young age. Okay. So, uh, for those that don't know what ODD is, it's opposition, oppositional defiance disorder. Okay. So basically if he didn't get his way, he would just go ham. He'd mm-hmm. just go nuts. He would get very violent and he would start tearing things apart. Hmm. Um, there were a lot of transitions in his life, uh, that just, he just didn't take very well. Um, that for me, was probably one of the biggest hardships was maintaining my cool uh, and my temper and having to literally stop myself, slow myself down, and um, be a lot more patient with his condition. Okay. Um, there was a lot of fasting, a lot of prayer that went into it, and a lot of discipline that he yeah. didn't have before. Um, his father now is uh i mean he's still kind of in and out um uh, mm-hmm. but the biggest i think that's probably the biggest hardship even though aubrey went through all all of those things he still knew he could look at me he could get you know advice from me he and there would be discipline from me um with permission right. of course from his mother i wouldn't ne- like i i never i wanted to make sure that hey just because I've married you and I'm in his life now, that doesn't mean I'm just gonna step in and start taking over. No, right. there there was definitely a conversation that was had. There was time that had to take place yeah. for him to feel comfortable, um, and for her to feel comfortable even with me in the picture mm-hmm. um in that aspect. Uh but the I think the biggest hardship is when he gets let down by, you know, his other father. Um mm-hmm. uh, the the triumph out of that though is that he calls me dad, you know, that, that <laughs> yeah. speaks volumes yeah. to me. Um, cause I, I treat him like he's mine because he is mine. That's, yeah. that's just how I, I take care of it. Um, there's a lot of things that knowing he's, he doesn't have any of my personality mm-hmm. knowing that, he, you know, he doesn't have any of my DNA. Uh, he still picks up on little things yeah. that I do, you know? Um, he whenever he's getting ready in the morning, he always asks me to do his hair or something. You know? Nice. Like something yeah. like that. That's awesome to me. Yeah. Like that you would come to me and, and know that I'll take care of you in that manner, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's great. That's great. Um but yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of a little bit with where we were at. Yeah.
0: I know I've got a th- so my daughter's three and a half and uh she's in this like pushing boundaries stage and i like every boundary like yeah. everything like and so like i had i we, it's sunday we're going to drop this on a tuesday but um it's sunday we had her at uh kids church today and i like went and i i kind of like threw a buffer in with her teachers <laughs> and i was like listen <laughs> and they love her they love Avelyn, but i was like listen uh, this is what's going on. And, uh, so just so you know, we're, we can't, my daughter, she's only three and a half, but really, I know a lot of people say that their kids are so smart, but really, my kid is really smart. I mean, like really, really smart. Like she, yeah, yeah. she like. It already says a bunch of stuff in French. Like she can count in four different languages. Wow. Like I had, I had to start learning how to count in new languages so, just cause she okay. wants to learn. She wants to learn how to count in more languages than I know how to count in. And like, all right, so I'm having to learn stuff in order to teach her. So she, the problem is she's like really smart. Yeah. Yeah. So like her intelligence level is really high, but she's still, her emotional level is still a three-year-old. So she yeah. thinks she's really smart, but her emotions can't keep up with her intellect and so like sometimes like I just get so mad <laughs> I get so frustrated, so mad because like she she just wants to do whatever I don't want her to do, or vice versa, and it's just that way and then but then her emotions because she's a she's a three year old in her emotions. Because she's a three year old in her emotions, she freaks out, she loses her mind, and she throws a tantrum. Two years old was easy. Three is a whole different level for us. and so like, how do you and I'm sure you went through some things um that don't even compare? Like what I'm going through doesn't even compare to what you've had to go through. So how, what are some things that guys can, can use to like center themselves, bring themselves back down when they're just getting mad? Cause we're committed to not disciplining because when we're mad, when we're angry, you know, and that really, really hard. So what are some things that you've done? You've seen that works for you to like bring yourself back down. Cause you're saying he'll more than throw a tantrum. he's like, he would get violent he would like get angry mad mad so what are some things that you did that maybe other guys can do
1: well for i know for me my dad had a very very difficult issue with his temper okay he was he was he had a short circuit mm-hmm. and he used to work in the shipyards and this was like as he was becoming a pastor okay so he was dealing with both both sides of everything so if you had a bad day at work i mean you would find out about it very quickly you know (laughs) (laughs) but i think for me it was you're better than that Uh
0: uh-huh
1: you know and i think um i think even kind of going off of going into generational curses i think if you're intentional about those things and breaking them you know, you literally have to just dive into prayer, man. Your prayer life is so, so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, I mean, you can ask, James once, you can ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, but along with that wisdom, you can ask him for patience. You can ask him, you know, yeah. for like, just, hey, learn to, if if Aubrey was having a moment, episode, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I had the understanding that this wasn't something I was going to be able to fix. Mm. It's this isn't in my hands to just fix. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of dads, that's our go-to as a husband, as a father. We just we're told to just fix it. We can. It's our job to just make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there's a difference between making it better and fixing it. Yeah. And I think, um, if you, if, if Aubrey was going through something like that, my first initial reaction was, um, I, if, if I have to be calm during this, then he has to as well. So how can I help him become calm? Okay. Breathing exercises, you know, just counting, holding him hmm not 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 in a hey don't stop. not <laughs> no, do that no but
0: choke holding him is that what
1: of, <laughs> it's more of a like just being able to kind of yeah. grab by the arms and go hey you need, just look at me right now yeah. Just look at me okay yeah i'm i'm here but I, you gotta calm down yeah you have to calm down tone tone works Wonders mm-hmm. a lot of time you know. If I go, calm down. This doesn't <laughs> calm anyone down, right? Like, right. You know, but I think you've got the worst part. Like you have to have subtitles when you're like <laughs> dark, like goes on. <laughs> like, you better
0: scream at me in English. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pulling up Google Translate, trying to figure <laughs> out what. Which- <laughs> Trying to figure out what she's trying to tell me. (laughs) First of all, you need to tell me what language you're talking in. (laughs) Daddy's a little more simple than you are, okay?
1: Yeah. I only know the Holy Spirit, okay?
0: And I need an interpretation every time. Baby, is she speaking in tongues? But yeah, man, um,
1: I think... I think finding... For, for, I mean, it's, it's different for different dads, yeah, you know? For yeah. me, I had to be able to remember what I didn't want to become, and I also had to set a plan in place for how finding the 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 difference between when to discipline and when to make things just calmer, you right. know?
0: I, I think I heard you say a few things that I really liked. One was the word intentional, which I, I've like fallen in love with that word this year. It's yes. just doing this yeah. on purpose. I think if we've got kids, especially younger kids, I think we have to have the expectation that they're going to have they're going to have moments where they freak out. All right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. We shouldn't be surprised when our kids act up. If you got a teenager, especially a teenage girl, there are gonna be moments when she's just gonna freak out. So it's like um, why should we be surprised when they do when the what Every other kid naturally does. Yeah. Like I was thinking about my daughter and the fact that she's three and a half and that she is still learning or not learning but experiencing some things for the very first time. So like she's she's got a friend, her best friend, who was born with like a – I don't know what the correct term is but it's like a leg deformity and she's had to have a number of surgeries and she just underwent like her – most recent surgery like last week. And so we went over to her house to bring some dinner and so my daughter could see her friend. And like we were getting ready to go and I was just trying to preface everything for my daughter and say, hey, listen, when we get there, your friend's going to be in casts up all the way up her legs, up to her hips. And she just like broke down and cried. And I was like, babe, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she just said, I'm just so sad for my friend. And so it's like – That click, like wow. She's still experiencing. This is the first time she's ever had a friend that had to have surgery, and she's like feeling this for the very first time, and it's all kind of coming to a head right now. I think we have to expect that our kids are going to have moments, and like you're saying, we got to be intentional. You said we got to have a plan. I think that's incredible. I think one of the things that we got to do is like just decide this is how we do things, you know? Yes. And whatever that is for. You know, your family, my family, whoever's family, I think especially if you've got a wife, like you and your wife need to get together and say, hey, when they flip out, what are we going to do? That yes. way, when, when we get there, nobody's making decisions. Like you said, you talked to Becca, especially yeah. about Aubrey, you know, like and made a plan because you're the stepdad. I know you are the dad, but you're also, especially at yeah. the beginning, the stepdad. I want to make sure I'm not stepping on any t- anybody's toes, but... Even as like a husband-wife situation, like I want to make sure I'm not doing something that my wife doesn't agree with. So we got to like – I think those are all really, really solid points. And
1: I think – I was talking to my mom about this um, and she – because she came from a different background than what my father did. Yeah, I mean my father's dad was a pastor, but her father's dad was a pastor as well. Yeah. And – but their their households were very, very different, mm-hmm. and so when they came together, she just took on the role as the helper. She took on the role as the helpmate, yeah. and there wasn't really a lot of conversation, like when they would come to like discipline or mm-hmm. hey, whenever you lose your temper, what's the game plan? Yeah, <laughs> like, do yeah. we just get out of the way or yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, they they didn't have that you know, and knowing that. Hey, I I can fly off the handle sometimes if I'm not careful, you uh-huh. know. So I got to figure out what's gonna what's gonna center me, and I think a lot a lot of that comes down to what's my foundation, what's my philosophy. Yeah. How how do I stick to my foundation and my philosophy, you know, when things are going a lot and just chaotic, you know? How do I come back center? And it's not it's not about like meditation or you right. know like finding your zen or anything yeah. like that. It's just Intentionality,
0: yeah, calming down, chilling out. So we're doing yeah. we're doing this podcast. Part of the reason is, is um, I've had people ask me. You know, we started this Facebook group, however, a few months ago, and yeah. started it with the you know call it the Savage Dads, um, and got huge vision, big vision to do big things. I think if if we can, you know, educate dads on like what that even means, because I think there's a huge population. Of people who don't have dads, and because they didn't have dads, they don't know how to be dads, and like, so it's this nasty, vicious cycle. Um, yeah. so I think if we change that and we can inspire dads, educate dads, then we can literally change the whole world. And yeah, um, so just the go ahead, just
1: the statistics of what it is to not have a father in the mm-hmm. home is yeah. is beyond it's it's so detrimental. Yeah, I know? don't
0: I don't remember the statistic off the top of my head but like the amount of people amount of specifically men who get locked up. Yes, who don't have dads. It's yeah. a staggering majority. So like yeah. we could literally fix <laughs> we could fix the world if men would do <laughs> do what they're supposed to do. So yeah. Um, part of this podcast as a part of the purpose is to really help define the difference between like a savage dad and just any other dad, like a normal dad. Like, what do you think when you think of savage dad, what do you think the difference is? They're fruit. Okay.
1: And I, I think being able to notice what kind of fruit they produce. Yeah. You know, um, and, th- and this is this is. You can go on a Christian aspect on this. You can go on a secular aspect of this. I know there's savage dads that you know don't have a relationship with Jesus, and that's that's. I mean, if, hey, that's your choice. Well, I'm still going to pray for you. That's yeah. fine, but you still produce fruit. Yeah, no matter what, mm-hmm. and it's figure if you can if you can pinpoint and notice any type of rotten fruit you're producing, and you're. You drop your pride and go. I can't have that in my life right now. I can't have this for my kids right now. And you're willing to make that change? That's that's about as savage as it gets to yeah. me, honestly. Because yeah. this is more. This more than just being the dad and being a sperm donor. Yeah, it's more than that. It's oh, no, I no. I I I had a fifty. You know, percent shot in in creating this. There's a lot of me in this person, and I have a responsibility to make sure that they turn out to be a good human being.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and Mm -hmm. a lot of that starts with your fruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: what you're sowing in, right? Yeah, what you're putting in into their life, what you're investing into their life, all those things. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, everything that you sow reaps Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. if you're if you continue to sow in anger then what do you think you're going to reap yeah. if you continue to sow in um, just bad attitude just I mean, what do you think you're going to reap it all trickles down it's a trickle down effect Yeah, it is. you know and if you're the leader of your household hey man it's not it doesn't start with just you it starts with it starts with you of course but it doesn't go to just your children yeah. it's a trickle down effect into generations. Yeah. So fix the fruit now.
0: Yeah.
1: Figure it out now. Do you know, like your wife has told you how many times what's wrong with you? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to see the counselor. You don't want to see the therapist. You don't you know you have, there's pride can get in the way of just being the example you're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I think one of the just you saying that one of the most powerful things um, any of us could do, especially us that are married, is drop the pride and ask our wives because our our wives are going to know better than anybody and say, yeah. "Listen, there's no gonna, there's not going to be a single fight out of the answer." But what are what are the things I'm weak in as a dad, yeah. and then just. Have the balls to actually like listen, yes. listen, and then do something about it. Like, where I am I weak as a dad? I, and then I just be like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> just kind of brace even, for you know, impact. <laughs> this is hey, this this goes out to the single dads too. Yeah, you know, go, go to your ex wife. Yeah, you know, ex girlfriend, whoever it might be. Yeah, and, and ask that same question. But you have to remember, with you asking it means that you have to accept what's about to be said it can't turn into well oh, i can't believe you said that about me well you do this no that's yeah. not the, that's not the point of it it's you figuring out because you can't see it you're too blind to it all right you figuring out what it is that your children are seeing inside of you that you can change yeah. you know i think that's awesome man i think that's so good
0: I got one more question before. Well, I got a few questions, but
1: the yeah, last still... like
0: the last like four questions are just fun rapid questions. But but one before we hit those is, and I've been asking a lot of people this is who do you know that I should know?
1: Like, give me an example.
0: So, like, I did a did an, inter- did an interview um, with a guy named Michael Harris, and. Uh-huh. We talked about like his his uh relationship with his dad and how it was tumultuous when he was growing up and he was able to like eventually he was able to rekindle his relationship with his dad and like there was a bunch of restoration there and I hit this question and he said, Well, you should probably talk to my dad. <laughs> so and he was like Actually, he's a pretty cool guy now, you know, and he's got, yeah. a, he's got a lot to say. so something like that, especially sp- thinking about thinking on the, along the lines of um, savage dads and what this podcast is all about, um, who is somebody that I should know that I or maybe I know him, I just haven't um, thought about talking to him about uh, fatherhood. Um, who hate- would you recommend?
1: Honestly, the first person that just crossed my head, and I haven't talked to him in ages. I haven't talked to him in ages, but Chris Lewis.
0: Oh shoot! Yeah, I like that guy.
1: Oh my gosh, dude! His story is absolutely amazing, oh, and, he... and he's about as savage as they come, too, yeah. man. Like,
0: yeah, he's a good guy. I think,
1: I think he was a uh, he was he wrestled in high school as well. Yeah, and he did some. Uh,
0: he did some outside of uh, high school.
1: It's yeah, just... yeah, yeah, man. I, He's got a bunch he just of kids too. In my head. Yeah, yeah, I think he was actually he was homeless at one point as well wow. with the kids. Oh, wow. And Yeah, dude, I, I'll his reach out story to him. is absolutely incredible, man. I'll reach um, out to him. I don't know why, but that was the first person that just kind of popped in my head. That's
0: cool. Yeah, I'll reach out to him. So, now I got some yeah. uh rapid questions for you.
1: All right. All right.
0: Uh Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles?
1: Ninja Turtles
0: ninja turtles do you have a favorite ninja turtle
1: oh probably leonardo
0: okay um let's see ihop or waffle house
1: depends on the night honestly and if everything is cooked the way it's supposed to (laughs) i I would probably go ihop
0: yeah i i have to go ihop too just because i've been to some bad (laughs) waffle houses
1: Yeah, there's never there's never like a top tier Waffle House. No,
0: (laughs) I mean there isn't really a top tier IHOP either. But I've never been to an IHOP and wondered if I got tetanus on the way out the door. (laughs) Oh
1: man, yeah, that's
0: the. What do you do in your downtime?
1: I don't have a lot of it. uh yeah. Um, I because uh.
0: Well, you own man. your own business, and you got a couple kids. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. It, there's not a lot. I, I, I was, I purposely though. I took some. Oh my God, dads! If you have PTO, freaking use it. Okay, use that. Uh, like I said, my birthday is coming up, and okay. I took off like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'm playing golf Wednesday. Oh. I'm, 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 I don't even. If I'm by myself, I don't care. I'm playing golf, you know. Like that's the that's my only day. I'm going to a barber, playing golf, you know, just a mandate with myself. That's all. Nice.
0: I hate golf, but (laughs) I like. uh, Uh, What's that? What's that thing called? It's like the driving range, like the fancy. Oh yeah, like
1: Top Golf. Top Golf.
0: Yeah, I'll go to Top Golf, but. that's about as far as I get. I've played golf like twice, and I hated it both times. <laughs> I, I, I tell everybody I feel like I'm feel uh, I feel like I'm playing fetch with myself. Like I just hit the ball as far as I can, then I got to go find it and hit it again. And then I'll again. tell you
1: what, if you can grab the mechanics of it, uh-huh. it it literally will bring out the worst person in you or the best person in you because you're literally fighting a war against yourself, which is what we do every day, but we just have a club in our hands while we do it. Okay. So that's what I love about it.
0: Cool. So last question, what is something you're currently learning or something you've recently learned?
1: The slight edge, man. Oh, whoop.
0: The slight edge? What it, do you mean?
1: The slight edge. The slight edge. It's a there's a book right now called The Slight Edge. Okay. It's been out for a little while. Um but the slight edge is basically a combination of your philosophy with actions put towards it and compound time. Time compounded, you know. Okay. And what happens is that you have you have the slight edge can either work for you. Or it can work against you. And nice. the ideal thing is for it to work for you so that you can become more successful and you can leave a better legacy than, you know, what you walked into when you got in this earth. So yeah, man, the slight edge is something that's been kicking my tail lately, nice. brother. That's cool.
0: <laughs> that's cool, man. Good. So, hey man, this has been fun. Let's do this again.
1: Definitely, Let's brother. Do it yes. Again. No, I love this, man.
0: We're gonna set up a uh, we've got a few things in the works, but first thing we're gonna set up like a a Meetup like a local meetup here and get a bunch of dads to come to freedom and do something here. So, oh, another uh,
1: poker night. Oh, that, that
0: night? would be fun!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hadn't even thought about that.
1: I know you still have you gotta still have those poker tables. Oh, uh, right? we
0: don't, we don't, but we could oh. we could we could wrangle some. That would be fun. fun. That would be a lot that of fun. Would. That would
1: be a, that would be the best, man.
0: Dude. Now the wheels are turning. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You can put me on the Savage Dad board. I
0: will. <laughs> I will. That'd be fun. Uh, well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, how can, how do people contact you? Anybody that's listening? Uh,
1: I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram.
0: What's your Instagram? Um, uh, pretty
1: uh, pretty Wife, Awesome Life.
0: Oh, all right. <laughs> nice. Um, and, yeah,
1: I uh, – if anyone's ever in the rva area just hit me up i mean if i i'll give out my number but i don't think it's necessary (laughs) yeah just
0: yeah if if anybody wants to link up hit them up on instagram facebook shoot them a message on i mean even on like the the um savage dad page so um, yeah yeah thanks a lot brother we'll uh we'll be in touch for sure
1: all right man i had a lot of fun thank you for having me
0: yeah i'll talk to you later all right later bro all right Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Saved and Savage podcast. If you want to connect with us, go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at Saved and Savage, no dots or underscores. If you're a dad and you want to connect with the Savage Dads group, right now we are exclusively on Facebook. Just drop us a line on Instagram and I'll get you a link.